0: Studiosity acknowledges the traditional Indigenous custodians of country throughout Australia and all lands where we work, and recognises their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to elders, both past and present. Today, I'm talking to Professor Cindy Shannon, Deputy Vice Chancellor, Indigenous Diversity and Inclusion. And I'm going to ask Cindy, first of all, to introduce herself and just briefly tell us about your. Extraordinary career.
1: Thank you, Judith. Uh, so, and I'm delighted to be able to talk to you about this today. Uh, as Judith said, my name's Cindy Shannon. I'm a descendant of the Nurgi people from Kondamuka country in southeast Queensland. And I've worked uh, in Aboriginal health and higher education for the last 30 years, spent uh, the first part of my career working uh, in in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health and developing academic programs in that area and doing a lot of research, um, whilst also serving on numerous advisory committees and policy committees and boards. And um, then in the, the last 10 or so years, I've been more in executive roles, at the University of Queensland and now at Griffith University. A, A remarkable
0: career. And today's sorry day. What does sorry day mean for you personally, but also sorry day for what's happening at Griffith University?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question today, because um, I've been on a panel at Griffith University this morning uh, around Sorry Day, and I reflected on uh, the theme of Sorry Day this year, which is be a voice for future generations. And Sorry Day, of course, we, we, we remember and acknowledge those who were forcibly removed from their families or or the stolen generation. And I, of course, acknowledge the intergenerational trauma and impact that's had on Indigenous families, communities um, and individuals. And for me, and I told this story this morning, given the theme this year, it made me think about my earliest memory of my, my Aboriginal grandmother, was a very traditional woman and I remember I think I was in grade one or just around that age one day there was a knock at our door she lived in a caravan not far from us and she jumped in a cupboard literally and I said Graham what are you doing and she said you can't let anyone see your black grandmother and I spent a lot of my childhood thinking it was it was a shame to be black but I realized and a lot later She was terrified of us being taken, of mixed marriage in an era when that was the norm. And um, I said today she gave voice to us and my mother did and I reflect on the work she did in reconciliation and um, and how I can and have been, I hope, a voice for future generations because every job I've had in the last 30 years, I've been the first one to ever occupy that job. Indigenous or non-Indigenous and there's absolutely nowhere to go. Um, And there's a lot of lessons I've learned, but I hope that those who come after me, um, I have been a voice for in some small way.
0: Do you just want to elaborate a little bit more about what reconciliation means for you personally as as an Indigenous woman, but also how that impacts on how you uh, operate within the context of higher education? Sure.
1: So for me, reconciliation is about working together and, you know, really put simply, um, you know, there, there's various definitions of it. It's, it, it is acknowledging and recognising Australia's past and valuing, I think, the, uh, the Indigenous history of this country and the, the richness of it going forward and I I take a very forward-looking approach and a very strengths-based approach and I fundamentally believe that most people in Australia want reconciliation and and how I facilitate that working together is a, a thing I take very seriously. So in the higher education sector, this is no longer about having Indigenous units doing Indigenous work in universities. It's about being, it being embedded in everything we do. And us. I think the transformational change we can make by giving everybody voice and empowering and supporting everybody to, to have that voice it, it is what we should be aspiring to do.
0: So Griffith University, is a little different from other universities as it relates to reconciliation. Mm. You um, have gone it alone, in inverted commas, as a university, rather than sign up to the Reconciliation Council. Can you yeah. and look at the story behind that? I can, and,
1: and I say this with great respect to the Reconciliation uh, Council of Australia and the work they do. I think uh, when I first came here, can't you can't have reconciliation if you haven't got your backyard in order and you know that you haven't you haven't got some of the fundamentals right and we thought we were doing reconciliation well but we didn't have those basics right and i spent a bit of time thinking about how much time we spent being accountable to an external body for indigenous issues without owning it and i I think we, we unpacked that as, as a group that was on the Reconciliation Steering Committee. And we thought that we were mature enough at that point in time with a proud history um, to, to make some strong commitments that we owned that drove everything we did and didn't allow us to be driven by uh, some other, other measures that we had to constantly report on. And um, that was really what it was about, Judith.
0: And how, how is Griffith in its journey towards reconciliation? Because in many respects, it's something that will always be in the process of becoming rather than we've reached our destination. So it's not like the Uber thing, you have reached
1: your destination. Yeah, yeah, no. And I think, I think we're in a world that's changing all the time, so you can't anyway. But, but, but in terms of the journey we're well on that journey. And uh, last year, it's a year today since we launched our statement, um, which you know, has, I guess, two, two, two sort of summary bits to it. One is that reconciliation is everyone's business and we do hold ourselves, everybody accountable to it. But also, um, uh, you know, together is the artwork that represents our reconciliation journey. And we prioritized a couple of things that spoke to reconciliation within Griffith at the beginning of uh, la- last year, a year ago today, uh, the area that was highlighted today that we've had a really significant impact and that's shown great leadership from our procurement team is in the, in the procurement area where we, quite frankly, were doing very little and in the space of less than 12 months have tripled what we were doing before that in in the first half of the year. And so that all was well for the full year, but uh, we decided that we'd have a a couple of areas of key focus where we would work across the university, have a heightened awareness, think about what we could do differently, think of our responsibilities and, and take them forward. So
0: what's your evaluation of how you're going? So if you were an outsider looking in, what what, how would what grade would you give yourself
1: i actually think we're going really well i mean and and i'm i'm not sure i know i'm biased because i'm here but i choose to be here and part of it is because of uh the work that griffith university is doing um there are a couple of areas we need to improve i think uh in the research area we've got a bit of work to do in terms of our our strategy and just ramping up our activity and engagement there. Um, we, We are on a journey with the First Peoples Employment Plan and strategy and cultural competence training but we've, again, got some more work to do there. But uh, there are areas where there's some outstanding work being done in curriculum and in partnering with Indigenous communities and and in corporate services, as I said, with with something like procurement. Um, Today's event was a perfect example of working together with our marketing and comms team. And I was really proud of the way in which the two teams interacted and worked together Uh, for for such a magnificent event, and it will be on our website. So fundamental to what you're Mm -hmm. saying, it is about working together. Yeah, and
0: respect.
1: Yeah, What will enable that working together? Some of it is just the awareness-raising part. Mm -hmm. People realise that, you know, I don't think we deliberately didn't go after Indigenous procurement, but... You know, there was a simple economic return on every dollar spent. What that means, three or fourfold for a community, and people started to sign up to that. We could be part of this. We could. So some of it is just raising awareness in areas where there historically hasn't been um, an awareness. You know, in in some settings that I've worked, and I have to say, I haven't, I genuinely haven't experienced this at Griffith. Mm-hmm. There's there's just there there is overcoming institutionalized type racism,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and that can be very challenging. But here, it's more to some to some extent, it's harnessing the energy in the right way. <laughs> there's a lot of goodwill. There's a lot of energy, but um, can sometimes be misguided. Or misdirected. And so we, we're a clunky, big organization with five campuses. How you bring that into one in, a, in an agenda like this can be tricky. And I feel like I've lost track of the question now, Judith. No, no, no. You, you, you've, you've answered it quite well. I've got two more questions to
0: ask. One is going back to that idea of getting your own backyard in order. Yeah. Where would, if you had to do it again, where would you start? With reconciliation.
1: Yep. Um, I, I am firmly of the belief that if an organisation signs up to reconciliation, they have, they, have, they have to lead what they're doing and not be led by a third party. Mm-hmm. Because in my view, if you have to be led by a third party, you're not really necessarily fundamentally changing the way you think or do things. That's not always the case. And there are are some examples where where, where an organisation has been so removed from it that they've had to have that enabler. But if I was starting again now, I think one of the things that I've said a lot about Griffith and and an experience I've had is that we've tended to create a lot of structures and then decided what our strategy is. And I would I would step back from that and say what do we want to achieve as in this space and then what structures do we need? Uh, so I'm of that school and I think we're really clear now about what our strategy is around reconciliation and what as an organisation we we want to achieve and now how do we and how do we structure things to enable that and empower people to be part of it. And I guess the other thing I would just say that I is, you know, a lot of discussion today. I don't know if you've seen, but Griffith has come out publicly with a statement in support of the voice to Parliament. And a lot of lessons for me that speak absolutely to reconciliation. I mean, the statement's quite brief, but the process that has fed into that that statement coming to fruition has been an extraordinary journey of different levels of Griffith University.
0: Can you, can you just tell us a little bit of, of that story then? And that's, that's the last question. What, what is your Griffith's story of reconciliation to get to the point where you are?
1: With the voice. With the voice. I think the, the story has really been a relatively short one in its current form. You know, about 18 months ago, we started this new journey of reconciliation, the Griffith journey, Um, the importance of having a non-Indigenous person lead that at a high level was really, really important. And I have to acknowledge Professor Scott Harrison, who's led the reconciliation working group incredibly in an incredibly committed manner. We've had a good mix of Indigenous and non-Indigenous people on that group. Um, including students and the student voice has been really important. Um, And I think that the way way in which the dialogue has been allowed to occur has been where differing views are respected and encouraged, but collectively we've been able to arrive at what what it is as an organisation we want to achieve and um, we meet on a regular basis it, it, it was just so nice to see the absolutely buoyant atmosphere after the panel discussion this morning, uh, where we had you know myself and uh, Josh Creamer, who's an Indigenous barrister on our council, and two senior academics from uh, the university, participate in a very well attended and large online forum, facilitated by our Vice-Chancellor, um, talking about a really significant issue that speaks to reconciliation and and I, I don't take for granted I, the fact that not every university in the country would be doing that today. So the last this is the last question.
0: Um, if you could tell higher education leaders one thing about reconciliation, what would
1: it be? that it starts at the top? They, that, that leadership is critical in this journey. And uh, having been in the position for three quarters of my career where it's my job to lead the Indigenous initiatives, that, that is not what reconciliation's about. Cindy, thank you for giving me
0: half an hour of your time on a Friday afternoon on an important day for you, but an important day for Australia. Um, thank you, Judith, it's a pleasure. And let's hope we talk again soon.
1: Thanks, Judith. Bye-bye.